Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by Coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Good morning, West Georgia. Welcome in to the Morning Five podcast. Today is Thursday, August 4th. Billy, we have football today. And today's podcast is presented by the Parian Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Billy, not only do we have NFL football on tonight, it's only preseason, we won't see any starters, but it is football, it is on TV, and it is on prime time. I am super stoked for not only is it NFL preseason game starting tonight, but today is also National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. I am in. Let me have all the chocolate chip cookies. I Fig- figured you would like this day. Yes. Yes, I'm 100% in with chocolate chip cookies. All day long. I'm not a massive chocolate chip cookie fan. More of a... Uh... Uh, what's the what's the oh, what's the uh, raisin one? What's that one called? Do you remember what's the raisin? Oatmeal raisin. That that's it. I'm more of an oatmeal raisin fan. Uh, but yeah, chocolate chip cookies are fine. They're fine. They have their place in the dessert pyramid. Also today is International IPA Day. Big IPA fan, Billy. No, no, I'm not. I've, <laughs> I've never had a beer. Oh yeah. I am not an IPA fan either. I, I do love beer, not a massive IPA fan. Uh, our, you know, our good friend Scotty that we work with is a massive, massive IPA fan. We used to go out to the breweries in Atlanta, and we would only go to ones that had a lot of IPA options. And I never could get down with the IPAs, man. Not a massive IPA fan. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a beer drinker at all. So that's, that's just kind of how I am. So no IPAs for me either. And today is also National White Wine Day. Billy, are you a fan of white wine? See, and you know me. I'm not a, I'm not a drinker. Like, I, I'll have an occasional drink every once in a while, but it's not going to be wine. It's going to be, like, liquor that is covered up by some other drink, like Coke or, like, fruit juice. I'm, I'm well, you, you know what Willy Wonka says? Candy is dandy, but liquor is quicker. Oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of white wine. I will drink it on occasion. I'm more of a red wine guy. Uh, if I'm gonna have a wine, it's gonna be a very dry Merlot. Uh, but I'll, I'll drink white wine on occasion here and there. It's nothing I go out and seek. Sort of like IPAs. I'll drink IPAs here and there. Uh, but if I have a choice, it's not gonna be an IPA. It's gonna be a lager or a porter, porter or a double. Uh, and if I'm drinking wine, it's gonna be a Merlot. It's not gonna be a white wine. Not a huge, not a huge white wine fan. I think I had white wine on my wedding night, only because I wasn't going to drink champagne. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I I will tell you, I am a big champagne fan, Billy. If you've never had champagne, I highly suggest you try champagne. I am a massive, massive champagne fan. 
Yeah, I'm just not, you know, I mean, you know me. I'm not a drinker, so. Champagne's got a bit of the bubbler. It's pretty good. Uh, Billy, last night, or not last night, during the day yesterday, honestly, I completely forgot this happened. I was sitting here and got a text on my phone, and I was like, oh, i got to turn the Braves on. Uh, Braves had a day game yesterday, but unfortunately fall 3-1 to one to the Phils. Charlie Morton had a great game, though. Six and two-thirds, three hits, one walk, eight Ks, zero runs. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Can we, uh, can we sign up for more of that from Mr. Charlie Morton? Charlie Hustle every freaking day. Oh, my gosh. That's that's exactly the kind of output that I need from Charlie Charlie Morton. Unfortunately, he's not going to be able to pitch in this Met series, but, I mean, dang, that's, that's all I need right now. He's not going to pitch in the Met series? Are we going to go with a six-man rotation then, you think? Yes. You don't think he's going to get that last? Oh, okay, okay. I like it. I like it. Shake it up. Not a you know you know what's weird, Billy? Uh, they don't have. Hold on, let me refresh this. I saw this this morning on ESPN. There it is. Okay, uh, on ESPN this morning when I was looking around, they didn't have the Braves versus Phillies score updated on their schedule this morning. It still showed it just as them playing at twelve o'clock yesterday. Oh, that's random. Um, yeah, that's super weird. Yeah, I, I'm all for that with Charlie Morton. I'm all for that. Uh, we kind of talked about it earlier in the season where Charlie was not having great starts but they weren't bad they just weren't great they were they were uh sort of mid-level you could say but two out of the past three starts have been phenomenal and and really since the start of june he's only had one bad start honestly so that's what you want you signed morton to be your veteran pitcher and uh six and two thirds and zero runs that's a that's a veteran outing right there to end the series unfortunately we just couldn't hit billy uh orlando arcia was about the only one in the lineup that got a hit yesterday he got a uh a solo shot in the seventh and i believe that's back-to-back games where orlando arcia has homered and this sort of piggybacks off of a lot of the social media posts talking about how orlando arcia hasn't been hitting and like as soon as those social media posts and articles started coming back out boom he goes back-to-back games with uh home runs yeah it's you have to understand Baseball is a hard sport. It's a really hard sport. <laughs> That's the understatement of the year. <laughs> when, when you have a round bat and a round, and you're trying to hit a round ball, that's really, really difficult. And the fact that you know he doesn't play every day, it's it's not something that's so easy to just turn around and just make happen. So you can't complain. And unfortunately, the Braves bullpen did unravel just a bit last night. I mean, it's you, you allow three runs to the Phillies, you expect to outscore them. Uh, Dylan Lee comes in and gives up one earned run in two and a third inning, or two thirds of an inning. Uh, and then Colin Hugh comes in and also gives up two earned runs in two thirds of an inning. You know, that's not great. I don't want to see that out of our bullpen. But I know, I know that it says that um, Dylan Lee gave up the run, but he just allowed. He allowed a walk, and then then Snicker pulled him, and then McHugh allowed him to come around and score. So see, I don't I don't like that. If if, the person that is on the mound when the when the runner crosses the plate should get the earned run. It shouldn't be somebody that didn't get the opportunity to finish his job. It should be the person that failed to do his job while that runner was on the base. I hate that rule in baseball. Yeah, it's weird. 
But, it, you know, it works both ways. Like, you know, I think it was a walk, and the runner was on first base when he came, when McHugh came in, and, and he came around to score. But if a pitcher comes out with the bases loaded, like uh, Tyler Matzik last, last year in the NLCS with uh, the Dodgers, where he had the bases loaded and, and didn't allow anybody to score, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of a good thing, but I agree with you. It's a, it's a dumb rule, but it is what it is. And I mean, you allowed the bullpen allowing three runs in one of the third innings. Not great, but you allowed only three runs all day yesterday. That's you can't ask for much more out of your bullpen and your starters. Uh, the Braves, we hey, we got to score more than three. And when the ball isn't soaring out of the park, man, we struggle. To, to score runs for some reason. This this team lives and dies off the long ball. And speaking of the long ball, Billy, it has been over almost an entire month. We are four days away from it being an entire month since Ronald Acuna Jr. has hit a home run. He has not hit a home run since uh, the July 8th game versus Washington at home. Yeah. What's going on with him, man? I mean, he had... He had five RBIs in the entire month last year and one home run, and that's it. I mean, 22 strikeouts, he batted 219. We've got to get Acuna going. Yeah, it's not something that I'm happy about, but it's also one of those things where you just... You have to hope that Acuna is going to turn right and, and get better. Um, I mean, Snit has given him days off. He's tried. He's tried multiple things, but... The only thing that I think is kind of left to do is to drop him in the batting order. Um, but you fear that because I don't. What's he going to do? Play worse? I, I, honestly, there's nowhere else for him to go right now. He is hitting like absolute dog crap up there. I, I would 100% drop him, the, him in the lineup because I, he's he's not an offensive asset at the moment. He's still getting on base. Like he was, he had a hit in two walks, um, yesterday, I think. Um, you know, uh, Tuesday. Yeah, he had a hit in two walks on Tuesday, uh, and then had a walk walk yesterday. But I mean, yeah, I just getting on base. You know, it, it's just not. He's not being Ronald right now. No. No, he's not. And uh, you know, the, his his stats are fine for a five, six, seven hole hitter. But when you're going to lead off for the defending world champion Braves, you got to give me more, man. And if you don't move him out of the lineup or, you know, move him down the lineup, at least. Right. You know, give me something else. Give me something else up there. See if it happens. See what happens. Just anything. Just try to shake him up. We got to have a Acuna going. Uh, we're three and a half back of the Mets right now. Um, I think, uh, yeah, three and a half back of the Mets right now. Four in the loss column. We have a five-game set looming starting tonight with the Mets so we can take care of business and pull ahead of those dirty New York Metropolitans. Kyle Wright takes the bump in City Field with Carlos Carrasco will tow the slab for the Metropolitans tonight. Uh, I will not watch a second of this game because football is on. I will watch the uh, other games this weekend, but tonight is football night, baby. Yeah, I, I get that, but I'm probably still still going to be bouncing back and forth between the Braves this game because let's be real, it's it is preseason. Most of the players that are going to be playing tonight are going to be selling insurance next week. So, Whoa. 
Whoa! What shots Why? fired here? Whoa! Why? Come on now! It's Come on! Come on! Don't. Gee, don't care. these are NFL players, Billy. They deserve your respect. <sighs> You're telling me you don't want to see Chase Garber and Kyle Slaughter at quarterback tonight? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that seems like a matchup for the ages, baby. Yeah. No. I'm good. All right, Billy, we wrap up our SEC preview today. We got four teams left, and the two teams that I know everybody has been waiting for I saved the best for last. We're going to kick off with Old Miss. The cover at Old Miss has been thoroughly replenished by the Rebels, are going to look a lot different this year uh, than they did for the historic 2021 campaign last year. With the departure of Matt Corral, the quarterback position is up for grabs. Sophomore Jackson Dart looks to be the early favorite as he played six games for USC in 2021, threw for 1,353 yards, nine tuds, and five interceptions. Old Miss's top four rushers have departed. Jerry and Ely, Snoop Connor, uh, Matt Corral, they all left early for the NFL, and Henry Parrish Jr., who transferred out to Miami. That's 2,582 rushing yards that are gone from last year's squad. That's a lot of yards. Uh, Kiffin did hit the transfer portal to reload the backfield, though, signing TCU's Zach Evans and SMU's Ulysses Bentley IV. Uh, Evans is a former five-star recruit who ran for over 1,000 yards and nine tuds in two seasons with the Horny Frogs, while Bentley ran for 50, over 1,500 yards and 15 tuds in three seasons for the SMU Mustangs. Old Miss's defense took a huge jump last year, surrendering two touchdowns less per game than the previous season in its 3-2-6 base alignment. With the departure of three massive stars, the Rebels worked the portal, nabbing three-time all-MAC linebacker Troy Brown from Central Michigan, Georgia Tech's defensive end and former four-star recruit Jared Ivey, and Auburn's defensive tackle J.J. Paguas. Junior defensive end Cedric Johnson had six and a half sacks last year, is the team's leading returner in sacks, and will step into a bigger role with Williams gone. Old Miss is the deepest it has been up front under Lane Kiffin. Uh, the 10-3 and three from last season is gone, and I don't think the Rebs are going to repeat the success they had last year. I think they come back down to earth a bit. Matt Corral was a, a, a savior at times when he was healthy for that Old Miss team. I think Old Miss is probably around 7-6 and six this year. He's an absolute game changer, and, and I think Ole Miss is going to miss that, and it's it's hard. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's hard to replicate it, but, you know, the fact that they're bringing in a quarterback that is not brand new. I mean, he's not. He's he's played college football before. Granted, in a... Well, he played at USC. I mean, you know, it's... It doesn't matter. Sort of college football, football, I guess. College football. Uh, I guess, you know, I guess we can consider them college football. It's more, it's more like somewhere in between high school and college, I think. Hey, let's let's not forget that they're coming into the big. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's I'm I'm kind of interested to see what uh, Lane does with the offense. I think he's starting to get the players that he wants in his system, and it's it's starting to look a lot better for Lane Giffen. Don't miss. Yeah. All right, now we're getting on to Hot Take City. Next team we got is Kentucky. Buckle up, guys. After going 41 years without a 10-win season, the Wildcats have now reached that plateau twice in the last four years. 
There are several big holes to fill from last season's Citrus Bowl winners, but the 2022 roster was boosted by multiple NFL draft prospects returning to school and several important defenders electing to use the extra year of eligibility granted by all players in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, senior quarterback Will Levis is he's going to command the offense once again this year for the Wildcats and looks for a replacement target after Wandell Robinson departed. Virginia Tech transfer wide receiver Tavian Robinson, Barry and Brown, and Dane Key look to be the trio that can step up and fill the void left by Robinson. Fears of a complete overhaul of Kentucky's defense were lessened when safety Tyrell Ajan and linebackers DeAndre Square, Jaquez Jones, and Jordan Wright elected to use their extra year of eligibility to return to Lexington. The super senior linebackers will not need to carry the load alone as the defense is second level uh, thanks to its presence of the edge rusher J.J. Weaver and promising young inside linebackers Traven Wallace and De'Eric Jackson. Billy, I am super high on Kentucky. I really like the makeup of this roster. Uh, they have one of the most uh, veteran quarterbacks in college football. Hot take number one. I think Will Levis is going to be the number one quarterback taken off the draft boards next oh, year in the NFL draft. Whoa. Yeah. I think he has a better body, and I think he is a more NFL-ready quarterback than either the quarterback uh, in Tuscaloosa or the quarterback up in Columbus. And we, uh, anybody, anybody out there listening to us want to go ahead and, uh, you know, drug test Bryce? That would be great. Dropping bombs at 6 a.m. on a Thursday, baby. The next hot take I have for the Kentucky Wildcats, I think they're going to repeat their last year's schedule. I think they're going to be a 10-3 and three squad this year. Wow. I think they're I think they're going to be a very, very competitive team. 10-3, and three, possibly a New York Six New York a New York Six a New Year's Six Bowl. I'm going to get it out here in a second. Uh, I don't think they can compete with Alabama or Georgia, but they will be a very, very competitive team. Look up their schedule or look at their schedule. Where's the three losses in your head? Because I'm thinking there's more, but it, I just want to see if you're kind of on the same page. Yeah, so I'm looking at their schedule right now, and I think the Georgia one, the next to last game, that's definitely a loss. They have they have Miami. That's a win. At Florida, that's a toss-up for me right there. Yeah. So the two, ga- the two games for me – that our toss-ups right now are at Florida on September 10th and at Tennessee on October 29th. And those are the two games that I'm quite unsure about. I mean, they have Youngstown State at home win, Northern Illinois at home win, Old Miss on the road. That could also be, be a toss-up. I mean, Old Miss is a decent squad. Uh, South Carolina at home win, Mississippi State at home win, Missouri on the road. Uh, that should be a win. Vanderbilt at home win, Louisville at home win. So, I mean... I'm looking at the Florida, the Tennessee, and the Georgia game. I think those are the three games they could drop. Um, but I mean, honestly, eleven and two would would not be out of the realm of possibility with this uh, with this Kentucky team. Wow. Okay. All right. Next, we move on to the two major powerhouses in not only the SEC but the entire uh, college football landscape. Uh, we're going to start off with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama returns arguably the top two players in college football at quarterback with Bryce Young and at linebacker with Will Anderson Jr. Young won the Heisman Trophy in his first season as a starter, and Anderson took home an armful of defensive awards and finished fifth in Heisman Trophy voting. 
On offense, the Crimson Tide returned Bryce Young under center, but we'll have a new cast of characters at running back, wideout, and offensive line. Transfer Jameer Gibbs is set to take over the running back duties for Alabama. Last season at Georgia Tech, he averaged five and a half yards per carry, caught 60 passes out of the backfield, and six receiving touchdowns. So not only is he a good running back out of the backfield, he is also a receiving threat. Former dog Jermaine Burton should feature heavily in the Tide's offense this year as well. He's getting a lot of comparisons in spring and early fall camps to John Mechie, uh, who was an absolute stud for Alabama there for a while. Uh, Much is dependent on a rebuilt offensive line that loses first-round left tackle uh, Evan Neal. The group is full of big athletic road graders, so getting pushed shouldn't be as much of an issue as it was a season ago when short yardage situations were anything but a given. Three starters return, all in the interior of the line. It's the tackle spots that will be watched the most closely. They're replacing both tackles this year on the line for Alabama, so that'll be a, a... I don't want to say a hurdle, but that will be something that needs to be watched to see if those new tackles uh, can contain those SEC defensive ends. On defense, it is all start. It all starts with Anderson, who put in a historically great 2021 season. His 17 and a half sacks is the perimeter center of attention. Uh, the primary center of attention of opposing offenses stood out, but his 34 and a half tackles for loss made this season truly remarkable. That might be hard to top this year, but one thing is sure. It's nearly impossible to block him one-on-one. The defense is going to be just as good last year as it is historically every single year as opposed, um, uh, other than the two years ago defense that Alabama had. Will Anderson is captaining one of the best defenses in the NCAA this year. Billy, I think Alabama is going to go 11-1, make the SEC championship, and continue on to the college football playoffs. My qu- Did you see the quote that came out from Nick Saban yesterday? Uh, I sort of browsed over it. I remember seeing the headline and sort of browsed over the article. Last Something year, about rebuilding last year, year being a rebuilding year. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Rebuilding and year last most, year. Most people in the world would love to have a rebuilding year with national championship is uh, appearances is there. Like, this might get a lot of hate around here because I know we have a lot of Georgia listeners that that listen to this podcast. I love Nick Saban, man, and I, I that, that that might get a lot of hate from Ohio State fans zero, too. I love zero, Nick Saban, zero doubt. He is a hell of a coach. He knows what what he's doing. He he is he is the best college football coach of all time. There's no doubt. The, yeah, no doubt. The, there's zero question about that. All right, Billy. Next, we continue and wrap up with the SEC. With our reigning, defending, undisputed national champions of the world, our Georgia Bulldogs. Yes, sir. The national champions, uh, the national championship hurdle has been cleared in Athens, Georgia, and now new challenges await. Uh, Georgia is in its seventh season under Kirby Smart, is as talented as ever, but getting back to and winning the big one will will be extremely tough as evidenced by the number of Bulldogs who were selected in the 2022 NFL Draft. I feel like every single NFL team this year is going to have a Georgia Bulldog on it defensively and as a rookie. I feel, I feel like every single team has a has a Georgia Bulldog rookie on their defense this year for the NFL. Yep. National champion and Orange Bowl MVP quarterback Stetson Bennett is back under center for the Dogs and looks poised to silence the doubters once again this season. 
Georgia is known as RBU, running back U, for reasons, and the ability to plug and play at that position is a major factor. Samir White and James Cook are out, but Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton remain. Those two had fantastic springs, but big bruising tailback Branson Robinson, a summer arrival, is worth monitoring as well. I'll be interested to see who gets the lion's share of carries uh, from those uh, from that running back position when they play Oregon uh, in game one. It'll be Eminem. You think so? It'll be it'll be Milton and McIntosh, no doubt in my mind. Yeah. I, I want to see that Robinson kid, man. I heard he's a I heard he's a massive back back there. Yeah. Uh, Georgia returns the top tight end in the country in Brock Bowers. And after he was sidelined in the spring with a shoulder injury, I am super excited to see what his fall camp looks like and what shape he is in when he goes out on the field versus Oregon. That kid is an absolute monster. I am a huge Brock Bowers fan. Yeah. True sophomore, I believe, as well. I believe he's a true sophomore. He was so talented last year, and he just took over. And it's one of those things, you know, we saw a video yesterday from the Atlanta Falcons putting Hal Pitts on linebackers. and It was just an absolute joke. But there's not a linebacker. There's really not a linebacker out there in SEC country or in, in college football country that can block or to defend um, ours. And that's that's basically who you have to put on them. And in my opinion, Georgia has uh, two best at two positions. They have the best tight end in the country in Brock Bowers, and they have the Brett, hello? They have the best uh, DB <laughs> in Akili Ringo, uh, in my opinion, in the entire NCAA. Uh, the outside linebacker group got a massive boost when Nolan Smith and Robert Beal Jr. elected to return. Those two wreaked havoc late in the 2021 season, especially during the playoffs. Jalen Carter, arguably the most talented defender in the 2021 squad, is back, and he'll anchor the defensive front. Fellow junior Nazir Stackhouse had an excellent offseason, as did veteran defensive end Trammell Wolfauer. Billy, I think Georgia goes 10 and 2, makes the SEC playoffs, or makes the SEC wow. championship and the college football playoffs. Two losses. All right. Yeah, I think I think I think it's two losses. I can see one. It wouldn't shock me if it's one, but uh, but just looking at their schedule, I think uh, I think two losses aren't out of the realm of possibility. I mean, you're. I think they're going to drop that first game versus Oregon, man. September third, I think they're going to drop that first game versus Oregon. I'm really high on Oregon this year, and I think they drop some game around here. I mean, they're they you got the uh, the biggest outdoor cocktail party on the 29th versus Florida. And then right after that, you have Tennessee at home. You have Auburn at home on the 8th. Uh, you travel to Kentucky on the 19th. I, th- I think somewhere around there, there's two losses. But I don't think it's going to matter. I think everything is still going to be in front of Georgia for what they want to accomplish. Uh, they can go into the SEC championship game, beat Alabama, and go to the college football playoffs. So, you know, I think they drop one or two games, but, uh, but it shouldn't hurt them in the long run. All right, so I'm going to go off script here. Um, real quick, and we're going to stick with college football, but I'm going to basically take out that topic that we had for <laughs> the football topic. But I want hey, to stick with hey, football. I want to talk about Jared Stidham and CJ Berthart probably going head to head tonight at quarterback. You can actually pronounce the quarterback's name right. We'll we'll stick with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so the thought came to me yesterday: the fact that. This may be the last year for Coach Collins out in uh, Jeff Collins out in in Georgia Tech. 
my thought uh, and it, it football yes georgia tech has a football team so my thought oh, is yeah. let's just say collins loses his job what kind of coach can georgia tech go after uh i, I if i was if i'm georgia tech i want to go after a coach that wants to you know actually come there and, and coach i don't know man i mean you don't you don't go back to the Paul Johnson days, right? Like of of the whatever that offense, the the triple option or uh, the wing T or whatever it was that he ran there. Like you have to you have to stay with the offense you have now, right? Because they have they have brought in recruits to fit that offense, and if you restart the the offense that you have there, it's just going to put you behind the eight ball for at least two or three years. Well, uh, I don't know. It depends on who's available, right? And, and here's my point. Uh, there's there's coaches that you want to come in and, you know, there's coaches that you can actually get in front of, right? Can, let's yeah. can uh, Georgia Tech in front of Davo? <laughs> no. Okay. That's kind of my point. Like, can you get in front of Jimbo? No, you can't. No. You have to get in front of coaches that are probably second tier, that are probably, um, probably aren't division one coaches i mean well power five coaches would you say that's fair i would i would say i would think so yeah i don't don't think any power five coach is going to leave whatever program they're at uh to come to georgia tech no unless it's a coordinator right yeah unless it's a coordinator or they have ties there you know if they if they played there if they're an alumnus there something like that and then i can see that but yeah i I would say kind of thing yeah yeah so let's just say Kirby leaves Georgia and goes to the NFL. It's probably not going to happen, but let's just say it happens, right? Okay. Yep. We're living in this world. I got you. I think there are two coaches in college football right now that Georgia can't go after. Everyone else is kind of, yeah, <laughs> is free game. Yeah, I'd probably agree with you there. I might throw in Lincoln Riley at USC in that group. I know the other two coaches you're you're going to say it's going to be Saban and Day. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I I would maybe throw in Lincoln Riley at USC, but yeah, I mean Georgia. If if Kirby decides to go to the NFL, Kirby, I mean Georgia can get literally anybody they want. They're going to have hundreds of coaches clawing at that door to try to get in and be the next head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs. So, and I I don't mean to step on. Georgia Tech's toes and everything, but when you guys want to talk about there's a rivalry between you guys, there's no rivalry. When you no, there's have, not. When you have, I don't care if we step on toes. It's the truth. When you have that kind of separation in terms of of that kind of coaching thing, you can't you can't play in the same ball field. I'm sorry, it's just not it's not available. You know what I mean? So yep, that thousand percent agree, man. Hundred percent agree. That was yep. My topic that I was going to bring up today, and it was just. It hit me yesterday because Collins is coming into a year that they need to do something. Otherwise, I really think Tech will move on. And I was wondering who they could get. Do you think, let me throw out this name. Do you think they can get Dion? Dion Sanders? Yeah. No, I know. Absolutely not. Dion's not leaving what he's building up where he's at. Yeah, yeah, he's not he's not leaving that to go to Georgia Tech. No, absolutely not. Okay, that was that was just my thought. Right. Yeah, no, it's a uh, Georgia Bama is a bigger rivalry than Georgia Georgia Tech is. I mean, it's just not. 
I mean, Georgia Tech has been so obscure for so long now that it's just not even a rivalry game. Like, that's not even a game that, I don't know, it's just not even fun anymore. All right, Bryce, let's get to the Marine South scoreboard. Uh, last night in softball, Alexander beats Mount Zion 8-3. to Elayla Phillips and Chelsea Hawkshead had a really good day in the circle. Um, and it was late that um, Alexander took the lead. They said about halfway through the game that they were up 3-2. And then um, they, they took over late. So... Hey, did they did they have to delay that at all? We had some nasty storms blow through yesterday. Yeah. I wonder if they storms. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if they had to delay that a little bit. Yeah, we had some nasty storms. Uh, in the NL East, the Mets beat the Nationals nine to five. Way to go, Nationals! Uh, the Reds lose to the Marlins three to nothing. On the Stump It Games and Events calendar for tonight, we've got Hurd County versus Cedartown a scrimmage tonight at five thirty at West Georgia. And then Temple at Chapel Hill at 5 o'clock. The game at West Georgia is at 5.30. So um, softball tonight. We get more high school sports tonight. I'm so pumped. Let's go. In the NFL, we've, we've talked about it a lot already. Yes! 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 yes. Woohoo! <laughs> the Hall of Fame game, uh, Las Vegas Raiders versus Jacksonville Jaguars, 8 p.m. tonight on NBC. Uh in, in the NL East, the Braves face off against the Mets at 710 and the Nationals at the Phillies tonight at 705. Bryce, you need another cup of coffee? I need a cup of coffee. We had our power go out in the middle of the night last night, and my coffee did not pre-make this morning, so I am running off of two body armor lights and a half thing of water. All right. Uh the NFL appeals. The NFL is appealing the ruling that Deshaun Watson of Cleveland Browns should be suspended six games. This is going up. There's no doubt in my mind he's getting suspended more than six games. It's not getting less. He's getting more. I See, I don't think so. I think they're going to appeal it, and they're going to get a higher suspension days or more games. And then I think uh, the uh, Deshaun Watson's group is going to countersue and get that back down. This is going to be one of the stupidest, messiest things in NFL history or in recent NFL history. And I don't understand why the NFL just doesn't accept the six games and move on. It's what it's what Ben Roethlisberger got. And nobody, nobody everybody kind of forgot about that. So I don't know. Just stick with the six games and move on, in my opinion. But here's the thing. It, and it's in the CBA that after the appeal, it's up to Roger Goodell to, to make the final decision on this. It's in the CBA, and it's it's in blood at that point. So it's it's so weird. It's time I think we figured out that the NFL has no guidelines when it comes to suspending people, pretty much. I mean, uh, Flash Gordon has been suspended for three years because of weed, and I, I don't know. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It's I, I have a massive issue with it. This is this is one of the main parts of the NFL that I have a massive issue with, uh, and it's something that's it's not it's not a quick fix. It's something that's gonna take a lot of this litigating but I mean the the suspensions and I, I mean they, they find guys for wearing the wrong socks I mean seriously that's, that's a bit extreme right there no freaking doubt uh, for yeah. Mickelson Bryson DeChambeau among 11 live golfers to file a loss antitrust lawsuit against the PJ Tour Bryce what is going on here yeah so they're being held out of the PGA championship the FedEx championship playoff thingies um, and they're saying it's it's detrimental to their playing careers, and uh, the, so the punishment that would accrue to these players for not being able to play in the FedEx Cup playoffs is substantial and irreparable. 
The golfer's attorneys wrote in a lawsuit, a temporary restraining order is needed to prevent the irreparable harm that would ensue were they not be able to participate in the FedEx Cup playoff. Listen, you know what you were signing up for when you went over to the LIV tour? You knew the PGA tour was going to ban y'all from events. So I, I don't I don't I don't like this at all. This is the biggest clan move that I have seen out of the golfers from the LIV tour. You go over to the LIV tour, you make millions and millions of dollars, you forfeit your right to play in PGA tour events, which includes the FedEx Cup playoffs. And that's cut and dry to me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, New Orleans Saints' Trevor Penning has been kicked out of practice after a third incident in three days. And honestly, and and Lowe's pointed this out, that Trevor Penning was a bit of a hothead back before the draft happened. He said, look, this is something you're going to have to deal with. And because he got into maybe not fights, but he was getting a lot of um, flags hauled against him for a little bit of extra after the, the whistle kind of thing. So he he called this. So I New Orleans should have known this from if if Los knows this, New Orleans should have known this because it, they probably did. I mean, he's a he's a corn fed br- boy from the Midwest. Went to Northern Iowa. He's a tackle. Uh, you know, let's see. You want some chippiness. You don't want too much chippiness. Too much chippiness is not good. But you do want some chippiness in your, especially in your rookie. So it's something worth monitoring for sure. Not a massive story at the moment, but it is certainly something to monitor uh, through camp and through the preseason. And finally, today in 2007, San Francisco coach Barry Bonds homers off play Hensley. The second name is Sandy. Unfairly tie. And Karen's 33-year-old MLB career home run record at 755. I will never, ever acknowledge Barry Bonds as a home run king. Ever. 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 He was a he was a great player when he wasn't on steroids and he took steroids and hit a bunch of home runs. Uh, so I will Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds. I will never never acknowledge them as being great great home run hitters. Billy, another cup of coffee. Who's it sponsored by? Oh yeah, another cup of coffee is yeah Hannah Strong. My bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're good. <laughs> I apologize, Hannah. That's the. Uh, <laughs> That's on me. Jeez. I mean, she's paying us millions of dollars every single month to get her name out there on this podcast. And, uh, you know, it's just, just complete whiff there. Uh, my mom actually did meet with her yesterday and got the house. She uh, got a list of things that she probably needs to fix before she puts it on the market. But, yeah, my mom said it was a good and successful meeting. So hopefully she can get that house in the market soon. If anybody's in the market to buy a house in Douglasville, let me know. I might have one up for sale behind uh, – QT on Chapel Hill Road. Billy, you got anything else to add today before we get out of here, man? No, man, I'm good. Today is Friday Eve. Everybody have a safe day. We don't have any more rain in the forecast today, right? We don't have any more of those nasty storms that blew through yesterday coming through today? Mm, I don't know. I I hope not. We we have football practice tonight. Nasty storms, stay away. We will see y'all tomorrow morning. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbors! Just shake them! Shake your neighbors! <laughs>